Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit and your grace upon your servants, Daddy Oyeguke and Mommy Ellen, upon your servant, Pastor Jeff Takura and his wife, even that grace that is upon the meeting, we thank you for it. We thank you for the burden of heaven that is over us. Even the Lamb. We say, Behold the Lamb of God. Lord, as I bring forth exhortation by your grace unto you, Jesus our Lord and my parents and pastors, I ask that you would help me to prepare the heart of you know, your people, my own heart also, for to receive your word through your unmaiden in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. I'll try to regurgitate some of the things that stood out for me when Daddy ministered earlier today. It's quite a lot time for me. The Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, John and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. One thing that uh, quite a handful of things came by blessing through the ministration earlier today. But one thing that I feel stirred in my heart that I'd like to stress some is the issue of why the Lamb of God. The person that John was pointing them to, I want to believe probably John must have said, Behold, probably has pointed, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Or he must, may have made a gesture, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Now, the person is pointing to or making a gesture towards that is the Lamb of God is a man. One head, two hands, two legs, just like the people he is telling to behold. So why call him the Lamb of God? Because ordinarily speaking, he's a man, as it were, that is standing before them. Of course, like Daddy said, you know, greatly earlier on today, things like, you know, goat, lamb, sheep, bull, is not strange to the Jews because of the traditions that they had and have uh, through Moses, through the, uh, the law of Moses. So to them... It may not be too far from their understanding, or they have some concept of what lamb is, as it were. If it were to be a Gentile, it's very, very far. We Gentiles, our understanding will be very, very far. But for them, even as close as the thought of what a lamb could be was to them, what John was pointing them to as the lamb was still strange. Because what they knew either to till that time as a lamb is a lamb. Kill physical goat, physical bullock, physical, you know, lamb or ram, you understand, to atone for sin. But here they are 
a man, a man born of a woman, a man that eats the kind of food they eat, drinks the kind of water they drink, you know, a man that sleeps the way they sleep, that was a carpenter in their midst, they know him as it were, is now being pointed to by this great prophet of the highest that they should behold the Lamb of God. So it's a new landscape of reasoning for them. It's a new landscape of thinking. So it must have been strange, you know, of some sort. The Lamb. Now they believe John was a prophet. They know all Jewry believed that John was a prophet. But this thing that John had said is difficult as it were. Even the disciples that, some of John's disciples that believed and followed Jesus didn't really understand what that statement was all about. But this is where I'm going particularly. Why call a man a lamb? And what about him is a lamb? Because obviously speaking, by the definitions of God from creation of what a lamb is, Jesus wasn't a lamb. Physically speaking, he's just like you can't say he's a lion the way he's standing. You say, Behold, the lion of God, you understand? To be more strange, what about him is a lamb? Why a lamb? Because that's in itself, you know, that is said earlier on today that somebody with a new creation mind may argue, you understand, that this particular, uh, maybe this particular theme for this meeting is not really, really relevant to us. To show its relevance to us, it may be good to maybe look at it from certain angles that might now show the reason why. Because the people John was pointing him to, he was pointing him to them because if they don't fully understand what he is as a lamp, who he is as a lamp, they may not get the allocation of him taking away their sins. So he's not just trying to tell them that he's a lamp. He's a lamp because he's come to take away sins. But how is he a lamp? Because literally speaking, visibly seen, he doesn't look like what you'd call a lamp. So what about him? He's a lamp at, in the first place. Because not properly you know, seeing what about him that is a lamp may make it difficult to accept him taking away the sin of the world then for us we may not see a bearing between that definition and our present estate as believers so why a lamb now the truth is that man is a spirit he has a soul and he lives in a body the way god created genesis 1 spirit so you know genesis 2 formed man's body so what about man because Jesus, our Lord, in the days of his flesh, because in Romans 8, he said he was made in the likeness of sinful flesh. So Jesus, in the days of his flesh, was also spirit, soul, and body. So where is he a lamb? And how is he a lamb? Where does God make men have natures that may be lambic or otherwise, as it were? So, for our Lord Jesus Christ, he is a lamb, not necessarily in his spirit. And it is obvious he is a lamb, not necessarily in his body. So, he is a lamb with his soul. He is a lamb in his soul. Because the only aspect of man that can 
major shift. You know, in movies, there's what they call shapeshifters. You know, somebody, you know, horror movies. The guy is here now, he's a man. Before you know, he just passes through a window. The next thing you see him is a gorilla, you understand, that's going to kill someone. Or he's a vampire, you understand, he shapeshifts. Now, the way God made soul from the beginning, soul can, 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 you know, nature shift. Soul can change formation, as it were. So what God used creation to do, really, is that God used creation to spell out natures, different natures that are of him. Romans chapter 1. Let's read Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 verse 23. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man and to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. So there is the image of the uncorruptible God. But he said some people change that image. Can we read verse 20 of that same Romans chapter 1? For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So he has invisible things of him. So everything that is made is saying something about God. The lizard is saying something about God. The lion is saying something about God. The fish is saying something about God. The sun is saying something about God. The moon is saying something about God. The stars are saying something about God. Everything that can be seen on earth in heaven is actually saying something about God. So when God made animals, they are all saying something about God. Of course, not animals the way we see it now. Because sin has happened to them. Death has happened to them. So they are not really, really reflecting God. God is not a murderer like lions murder to eat, as it were. Kill themselves, kill their children. They don't show God because something has happened to them. But their original nature, before sin, tampered with them. Talking about animals, for example was showing things, certain things, and traits about God. Then man, Adam, in the beginning, what God made him in his image, showing certain characteristics of God. Now, Daddy, while ministering earlier today, Daddy said, you know, John the Baptist is a lamb. Not the lamb. That he is a type of a lamb. Now, if John was a type of a lamb, Adam, much more. Must have been a bigger lamb. Bigger not in size, but bigger in nature. Adam must have had a greater quality of lambic nature. Now, what the physical lamb, like that is said, the innocence of a lamb, the purity of a lamb, the holiness of a lamb, is saying something about God in the spirit. A lamb that cannot, that you cannot blemish, you cannot pollute, you cannot corrupt. One year old, as it were, in Old Testament. He's saying something about God. So Adam, when God made him in the beginning, he, he was spirit. He had a soul. He lived in a physical body. But there's something in his soul that must have been lambish. In the beginning. Thing. There was something. God must have put a program in a measure. That must have been lambish. That God intended that through that nature, 
it will come to a full formation of that nature. Of course, things that are everlasting are things that are lambish. Daddy said that earlier today. So if Adam had living part of the everlasting nature of his dimension, of his season, it was to come into the abiding nature of it. That means he had something about the lambish order of that season. It was only meant to come into the fullness of it so that he can take something more. But he fell from it. So when John the Baptist was saying, Behold the Lamb of God, he's saying, Behold the nature. The lambic nature. Not just the one that God made in Genesis. Not the one you may find among angels. You know angels also have different natures. You know, for example, the four living creatures. You see, one has the face of an ox. Another one has the face of an eagle. Another one has the face of a man. Another one has the face of a lion. They are actually natures that are high, you know, of God, in God, that they are bearing witness to in a form. Those angels around God. So, but the one that has the nature, the very nature of God called the Lamb, is what our Lord Jesus Christ came into. And they built that nature into him. They put that nature. That is possible, Brother David, for me as a person. Let me use our Lord, which is the primary. It's possible our Lord grew from a baby in the house of Joseph and Mary. And put things incorruptible until he became the lamb. So inside of him, he might not have four hands. He might not be going on fours. He might not have, you know, flabby ears like a physical lamb. But the program running him is a lambic nature. Not just a lambic nature. The lambic nature that can take away sin. The sin in preaching everlasting life, he called it the world to come, whereof we speak. So that lambic nature has capacity to remove the sin to come. Because there is a sin that now is, that the nature of Christ should deal with, and there is a sin that is to come, or the everlasting nature of the devil. So this lamb's nature has capacity to delete it. Now, how does this affect us, for example? You know, a new creation mind, bless God for the new creation reality thoughts, you know, if it is not well handled, can edge a person out from great many provisions of God. Now, a new creation mind might be like, he has taken away the sin. We are now the lamb. We share the nature of the lamb. And we are now free from sin. And we are now the ones who take away the sin of the world. As it were. Well, good argument. But it's good to argue from scriptures. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Thank you. This is our Lord Jesus Christ talking to his disciples. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every... Everybody say every creature. Now, if you want to ask, you know, it's good to ask. Go preach to man, then preach to dog. I used to make a joke around this particular scripture. Years ago, I was going for evangelism. Then uh, I was walking through a particular portion, and I saw this guy with big, big dogs. They wanted to use their dog, dog fight, you know, somewhere in Akoka many years ago. So, and I was, I think I was going for evangelism or something church-related. And 
dog, big dog here, and they, they wanted a real fight, dog fight. And I was just, the thought that came to my mind is, I better run before this dog fight happens. Then I don't know why at that time this scripture came to my mind. I don't know why. You know, probably you just go to these people and say, you know, you preach to them, you preach to the dog. This fighting you guys are fighting is not meant to be. You understand? This is not what Jesus, you understand? This gospel is meant for every creature. Now, a thousand times, no. When he said go preach the gospel to every creature, every, men have become creatures. We men, we have become what? We have become creatures. Every creature. We have become every. So when you see men, men are no more men. If you find somebody with two hands, two legs, one head, beautiful hair, eyelash, you know, six pack, he's a man. But if you go into the lenses of the Bible, they can tell you he's a beast. But he's a man. He's a CEO, he's a boxer, he's a beast. Because why something, and it's not just a beast different kind of beasts because as sin is progressing as sin is reigning it's actually reconfiguring men inside the natures you find in men are natures of creatures corrupt natures so that place we read in romans chapter one where he said men corrupted the he said men changed the glory of the uncorruptible god into an image like to corruptible man and to birds you're waiting for the day man will develop wings like bird man it may come but you know that's not the image that is said last week or two weeks ago in london the image is actually men taking formations so a person can be born again in their spirit but he is still a creature his spirit is Christ's. He's a new man. But his soul is a creature. He's not a lamb. And what makes the soul not to be a lamb, or like daddy thought earlier today and in convention, not to be a lamb, a sheep, then a lamb, is that sin is at work. Sin can never make a lamb. Now, if we saw in the book of Revelations chapter 13, sin did something to two men. He made one, you know, a beast that had the body of a leopard. He's seen. If you see that man, he's walking with his two legs, two hands, one head. Bible describes him because Bible sees soul. God sees soul. God judges on the basis of soul. In his soul, he said he had the body of a leopard, the hands of a bear, the mouth of a lion. That's how heaven looked at him. Men may be seeing a fine guy, nice guy, beautiful guy, solution provider, mover of, of men, somebody that is bringing solution to the problems of men. But when God is looking at him, God is called him, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Then another one that Satan formed. He said, I saw a beast. He's a beast. But he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. But he's a man. He's a man. Now, what makes men like that are things. Things. Satan gave things to the dragon. The dragon gave things to the beast. Just like daddy said earlier on today, he said the father loved the son and had committed all judgment unto him. So the things we receive determines the creature we are. 
I remember very well that they go, okay, we'll call Jesus as the lamb. He will call him, he said, Jesus is the creature of God. The creature of God. They call him the, you know, the beginning of the creation of God. Because why? God by things made a lamb out of him. So in the days of his flesh, he was a lamb that was made. Though a man, but a lamb. Though a man, but they gave him things that made him. Now we are born again. Now we are filled with the Holy Ghost. But we don't have all the same nature. You know, some people have serpentine nature. You know, you know, creeping nature. You know, saying, you know, easy nature, backbiting nature. People have gossip. Sometimes when you see men, us, you see animal kingdom. Dog eat dog. That nature exists in companies, sometimes even in churches. Cut this person down to go up. You understand? You know, you see natures. You know, the way raven is greedy. You can see it in men. And what made raven like that is something that entered into all the world. It wasn't like that from the beginning. And that same thing that made raven like that is in men. So Colossians chapter 1, lastly, Colossians chapter 1, where Paul was talking about the gospel that was committed to him, you know, to preach to every creature which is under heaven. Colossians chapter 1, let me quickly get there. Colossians chapter 1, verse 23. Colossians chapter 1, verse 23. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, and made a minister. So Paul also preached to every creature. Creatures are men. But you know the intent of the gospel. Is that he will turn every creature to one creature. <laughs> eh? He will turn every creature to the lamb of God. From lamb to sheep. To sheep to lamb. So all the natures that God wants us to inherit. Are natures of abivores. People who feast on, 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 on herbs, who feed on leaves, they want to take away our carnal nature, our beastly nature, our evil nature. Every time they describe the dragon, they check everything they describe Satan as, the serpent. They describe him as the lion, your adversary, the devil. The lion that goes through and fro, seeking womb. The dragon, all of it is always a killing nature. But the natures in God are redemptive natures. Natures of innocence. Natures of lowliness, of meekness. Natures of, that are cheatable. Natures that can be taken advantage of. Natures of trembling. Natures of going down. And that's what this meeting, amongst other things, is all about. They want to magnify that nature. That yes, I'm born again in my spirit. But I have natures to drop. And I only drop it when I behold. When other standards of the gospel are raised before me. And I will see what to drop and what to pick up. And I pray you know, that God would help us. Because one thing about that lamp, anytime it's seen, is that we see our sin. Not for condemnation. We see our sin and we know how to drop it. We know how to relinquish it in the name of Jesus. Can we pray this morning?